alive, let's hit the dance floor. Don't work too hard, my break a backbone. Return of the Mac, the king is back though. Corvette and cash, I never like those. Welcome to another episode of the No Brilliant Jerks podcast, a podcast that deconstructs consumer culture and media with no brilliant jerks allowed. Every Wednesday, you'll find us on all podcast streaming platforms, chatting about all things business and media with a dash of shit talk. <laughs> because who doesn't love that? I'm trying to change it up every week. Yay. You are joined by me, Liv, and I've got Kat and Nick again this week. Hi, guys. Hi. The girls are back. Yeah, the girls. Yeah, the girls. Yeah, the girls. <laughs> I did a V. Love it. Well, shall we get into our weekly dopes and nopes? It is time for dopes and nopes. Do you want to kick us off? Oh, sure. All right. Um, well, I'm going to start with my nope. I am back on my bullshit talking about the US <laughs> Supreme Court. We there love we it when you're on your bullshit. Um, yeah. <laughs> but it's only because um, there's been a further development since Roe versus Wade was overturned. I did, I briefly mentioned this to you uh, at the end of last week, um, but the Supreme Court has actually ruled on another case. Uh, this time it is. Um, Basically, what they've done is they have – sorry, I'm just having a mental blank on how to describe this. Um, They've ruled that the Environmental Protection Agency, which is the US government sort of environmental protection agency, they provide oversight Mm -hmm. to companies and businesses and the government on like how to do better for Mm -hmm. the environment. So the Supreme Court has ruled that they now have – less power to regulate power plants and energy companies on how much carbon emission they, you know, produce and emit into the atmosphere. Money. Well, yeah, I guess money partly. And remember, these are like extremely conservative Christians who don't believe in science, ergo don't believe in climate change. Um, So for anyone who's still on the fence about whether or not this rogue Supreme Court affects them personally... Just a friendly reminder that we do all breathe the same air. Yeah. So, if there's no planet, there's nothing. No us. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing. Gosh. So, um, yeah, that's kind of a depresso way to... Depresso-espresso. Um, Depresso-espresso way to... Yeah. So, you know, the, the Supreme Court's a problem and, mm. uh, you know, American authorities need to do something. Mm. Um, otherwise, I think we'll see the very slow demise of the United States of America. That's my hot take. Anyway, let's get on to something a little bit happier. Yes. Let's talk about my dope. Segway. Can we just have a... Liv needs to sip some tea. Liv and I have the same dope today. It's getting hot in here. And, of course, it is the one and only Robert Owen on the cover of Stella magazine. And I just want to say that this young man, he is 18, Mm, thirst trapping the youth of tomorrow into, uh, you know, conservation Mm. through his smouldering gaze and his fun TikTok Mm. is genius. Yeah. Um, And I feel weird because I obviously, you know. (laughs) Find him attractive. (laughs) Find him attractive, but I'm also like, you know, remember him as a child growing up. Yeah. But I love the Irwins. um, And I always have. I'm a huge fan of the entire Irwin family. And I'm happy for them. I'm happy that he's like a young man that's, you know, finding his way in the world. And Mm. both of those kids have turned out so good yeah. oh yeah um, and i'm yeah i'm happy good eggs. yeah good eggs mm. but he's just a he's a dish he's a specimen oh. who knew all of that time wrestling crocodiles yeah. it's really um straight australia. off i know <laughs> australia <laughs> gonna sell so many more tickets now and i'll be included first in line <laughs> yes first in line for the croc show 
<laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Have a drink of water. <laughs> okay. Well, yes. If you haven't seen it, it's um yeah, Stella magazine. It what only just came out in the last twenty four hours. Yeah, full photo shoot. Mm. Um, too. He's got the cover, and then he's got a lovely, you know, mm. fashion shoot. I guess in yeah. Stella magazine. Yeah, with um, an interview. Yeah, and and as Kat said before, like he does look like one of the long long lost Hemsworth brothers. Yes, he does. He does. <clears throat> Give, it's throwing Hemsworth vibes. Yeah, fully. <laughs> I agree. In a big way. Very nice. All right, Ooh. Kat, what's your? <laughs> well, look, mine's very light this week compared to last week when it was just one big nope. Yes. But um, all of the behind the scenes pics of the Barbie movie. So are coming out yes. and I'm personally very excited Yeah, and my daughter was also very excited yeah. but Margot Robbie as Barbie is literally like the role she was born to do. Yeah. She she looks so good yeah. and Ryan Gosling's Ken. Yeah, perfect. And they look amazing. Yeah. Now I have a question. I don't do think you- Ryan Gosling's hot just... FYI. No, I'm not a But, I'm you know, I, I can respect that he's got the abs. Yeah. <laughs> he's yeah, got yeah. the abs to pull off Ken. Yeah. He's not really a Ken. Like, he doesn't, no. to me, he doesn't look like a Ken. Yeah. 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 Robert Irwin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> New cards, um, reshoots. But I do have a question. Do you think the Barbie movie is going to be like a kid's movie or is it going to be like I don't know. Adults? I actually really don't know. Mm. I have no idea. I wouldn't even mm. know what the plot <laughs> would be, no, to no. be honest. Because it's kind of giving like nostalgia, like the outfits that I've seen, it's mm. like our era of yes. Barbie, like 90s, late 80s, early 90s yeah. Barbie, you know. So yeah. I, th- I feel like on that level it's maybe for kids but with, adult references yeah possibly possibly yeah Yeah, you're right because all of the footage that's like been released so far Mm. she's rollerblading yeah down Mm. I'm guessing it's Venice Beach yeah Yeah. and then there's some other ones where she's yeah looking in that sort of nostalgic Mm. yeah yeah, that whole nostalgia vibe very neon leotard and yeah big hair yeah yeah I just wonder yeah what it's going to be rated when it comes out yeah well hopefully you know G or PG, yeah, <laughs> not like M. Surely, yeah. surely. Um, right, so that's my dope, mm-hmm. and then my, I've got like a slash another dope because this one feeds into my nope. Mm-hmm. So Haley Bieber has released Road Skincare, mm. and it's sold out. My first of all, my dope for that is that on. I think she has actually set the standard for the way that skincare companies should be Mm -hmm. um, transparent with their ingredients. So on the website, every product that she's released, you can click on that product, see the ingredients, and Mm. you can actually hover over every ingredient in that product. And it will tell you what it is, where it's come from, what it does for your skin, so that you can really educate yourself. I love that. So that. good. Yeah. And that should be the standard for skincare. Oh, yeah, for sure. So props to her for that. Yeah. I think that's amazing. Um, but the nope side of it is that it's sold out. And I think, you know, it's it's just a marketing ploy. There's not mm. really anything negative to say about mm-hmm. it. But I just want people to think when celebrities are releasing brands mm. and then it sells out in 40 seconds or whatever it is something mm. crazy like that mm. just know they're not making a billion units they're making a very small mm. you know the, the it's a small amount so that yeah. they can say they sold out because it sounds great as a marketing hook and it drives urgency for the next drop yeah that's definitely my, so my nope it's not really a note but it's just more like beware guys like yeah don't be fooled yeah <laughs> wisdom yeah. Hmm. yeah for sure nice. all right um well, we've already done my dope 
Um, we can talk my... about it some more. <laughs> I mean, I won't be mad. Um, no, my nope actually is um, Curious, Curious at um, Wimbledon at the mm. moment. So he just played um, Tits Pass and they had a hissy fit. Both of them did really. Like, <laughs> they they're did. Both, yeah. They're both pretty bratty, but um, just petty behaviour. And just like the interviews, he's just like, it's just the the – you know, the big chess kind of vibe that he has. And it's just not representing us very well. And, you know, like same old, same old. Like, I know. It's he's, just his behaviour. He's very arrogant, isn't he? Oh, yeah. so arrogant. I actually watched um, the entire press conference post-match oh, yeah. with Kyrgios. Yeah. And I I actually laughed out loud a, yeah, cu- a couple of, of times. Yeah. Because he's just... I actually think he says, like, he's not fake in no. any sense of the word. No, he's like, everyone loves me. <laughs> he's so <laughs> arrogant. He's like, I've got plenty of friends. Everyone loves me. I they know. don't like him. <laughs> I <Yeah. know. laughs> His, And you think, oh, my God. But yeah. it's like, you know, I guess that's why these characters of tennis, like, they – we won't probably get many of those, mm, mm. but when we do, it's just sort of embarrassing that he's from Australia. Yeah. What is it about tennis in particular, though? I feel like a lot of these personalities do, you know, end yeah. up in the sport of tennis. Yeah, they I do. Mean, I know there's I, the egos guess, in every sport. Is it because it's like a, you know, it's considered a rich man's sport maybe mm. and they're brought up around yes people? I don't know. And like, it's not really a team sport, so yeah, maybe true. that has something to do with yeah. it as well. And if you're not doing that well, um, then you kind of need to make a name for yourself somehow so people know who you are and they watch <laughs> yeah. you and brand mm. sponsors and all that stuff. So it's, it could be a bit of a PR ploy too. Mm. Like, Do you think it helps oh. his brand though? I, I mean, know. he's partnered with like Nike and – um, oh, he's got he's got heaps of yeah yeah. Oh, I don't know. I know. Yeah. I don't he's know. he's an interesting but one. Tsitsipas was literally like fueling his fire though, and he was just uh, just saying he's a bully. Like he would have been a bully at school. Just all these like yeah. There's no love grow lost. up. Like yeah yeah. Take pride in your sport. Take pride in representing your country as well. Oh yeah, mm. you tell him, Liv. Mm. It's very wise. All right. Well. That's a wrap on our weekly dopes notes. So shall we get into today's uh, podcast topic? Oh, we're so excited about today's. <gasps> it's really good. So basically we're going to talk about and discuss um, the, the question, the notion that um, can influencers ever achieve true celebrity status? Oh, I love it. Now, I actually don't know what your opinions are on this. But we're going to get into it. Um, But firstly, like, let's kind of, like, touch on, like, the evolution of influences in our industry. Like, for me personally, I've almost somewhat grown up with them. It's kind of been a normal for me. Mm. And moving into the industry and working, like, having a career job, it's kind of, like, something that I've always wanted to do. But for you guys, I'm Gen Z. Mm -hmm. You're a Zoomer. Zoomer. And you guys are millennials. Mm -hmm. Yes. So... What were influences like for you and what what's like your first memory of an influencer? Oh. Okay. Well, it's a Gee, new term. Good question. Yeah. It's, it's a new kind of uh word that didn't exist when we were growing up. Like yeah. influencers were just celebrities, like yeah. your traditional like movie stars. Movie stars, yeah. pop stars. Not even 10 years ago. Yeah. Like not yeah. even 10 years ago. Yeah. Like when mm. I think back, I'm 20 No, 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 I'm not. I'm <laughs> I wish I was fucking 20. In spirit. I'm 36 and I think back to when I was 26, I was working at Dreamworld and influencers were not 
a thing. No. You know what? Social media was a grind back then. It yeah. was hard to get the big bosses to believe that the way the world was going was social media. Yeah. So it wasn't even, it wouldn't even be 10 years ago mm. that influencers really did not exist. And now you look at it and it's, mm. it's mm. just this juggernaut. And if you don't have it in your marketing mix, you're silly. Silly Billy. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't remember. I don't really remember like the moment where mm. It just sort of became the norm very quickly. Very quickly. Really did. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like a lot of them rose to fame um, from YouTube. I feel like that was like the first place it all started. Like I remember watching um, I actually Zoe. think it was it was Instagram before oh, YouTube. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even like that first generation of influencers – probably had to endure a lot of ridicule mm. because people still, you know, at that time, even those first generation of people who were getting paid and that was their full-time job mm. were still getting comments like, you know, that's not real work. Mm. That's never going to pay the mm. bills, even mm. though they were working. Mm. It, You know, they didn't really, that whole line of work was not given legitimacy yeah. for a really long time. Yeah, yeah. agreed, agreed. Yeah. In fact, I think now a lot of the older generations still mm. have that opinion. Yeah. We know better. Yeah. <laughs> we know that it, it takes a lot of work, believe it or not. It like it really sure does. does. Content creation's you know, it's no joke. No. It's mm. very, very time consuming and you need to be super creative. Yeah. Yeah. You've got to be constantly changing and following trends and also you've got to let people in. Yeah. yeah which I could never. You yeah. Know? Transparent. Yeah. 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 Definitely. I just remember Shani Grimmond. I feel like she was one of the like the OGs for me because yeah, sure. I used to watch her on YouTube and then Chloe Zepp mm -hmm. as well. Like these are all Gold Coast based as well, but like that's like what I would watch to start off with and Michael Finch. Can I ask you a question then, Liv? Mm. Considering they were around and setting, I guess, aspirational content for you as a teenager when you were yeah. at school, yeah. was that your gener – do you think that that is your generation's celebrity? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So that was my opinion right. on this topic. I think influencers are the new celebrities because they're so much more attainable in terms of being able to work with them as a business mm. um, and they produce better content. Like I'm way more influenced by Shani Grimmond and what she's wearing than J-Lo because mm. I can't, I probably can't get what J-Lo has. Mm. So I don't even think of that. I know that Shani is almost like a simple girl like me. Yes, she has a lot of followers, but I see more things alike with her than J-Lo. Yeah. And so, yeah, I'm definitely influenced a lot more by influencers, hence why they are my celebrities. And would you say, like, when you're at school, is that what it was like? Yeah. Schoolyard chatter yeah. and, yeah, 100%. You know, the relationships. The yep. The relationships of all the influencers. And we'd watch a lot of YouTube. That's where it started for me. And that's why I said, yeah, YouTube was the number one because we'd watch all like the, the videos and the prank calls. Yeah. Well, and maybe you're right because I guess that's, yeah. you know, for you. And, and your generation, maybe it was YouTube. Yeah. And well, YouTube preceded Instagram, right? YouTube was around long before Instagram. Yeah. 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 And I feel like that's also where the money first came into yeah. influences as well. That's where they could get money is through the ads that would come on during now, the videos. is YouTube the highest earning platform an influencer can create content on? I think it's nearly. Yeah. 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 And yeah. it's like up there with TikTok now. Yeah. Mm. yeah and definitely. interestingly, I am pretty sure that the highest earners on YouTube are like family channels, which yes. Ooh, I can. Oh, yeah. I have yeah. got some comments about that. Yeah. Yes. We'll talk about that. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Excellent. Well, before we, 
um, we have so much to talk about today. And this is a topic that we are all very passionate about because working in creative comms and PR and marketing, we often work, we work with a lot of great influencers, to be honest. Um, We've, I've worked with some stonkers in my time. (laughs) Um, Are you going to out them? Um, I might out them towards the end. I mean, I don't think people will um, be shocked with like who it is. I'll leave it to the end. I'll think about it between now and the end. (laughs) Um, But we we work with a lot of really great ones Mm, uh, and we know how hard they work as well. So shout out to all of the awesome influencers that we work with for our clients. But recently it became, I guess, the inspiration for this episode today was Jennifer Aniston, Mm. who is, you know, she's an A-list celebrity. She's the true definition of of a star. She, and also she's over 50 though. So (laughs) um, keep that in mind. She's a bit of a boomer but she was interviewed for variety Mm -hmm. and she made a comment that influencers were diluting actors careers Mm. which um it's a very polarizing comment because you either completely agree with her or you completely disagree with her so this was the I guess yeah the inspiration behind today's discussion what do you guys think about that because obviously (laughs) there have been some influencers that have carved out great careers and some of them have tried their hand at acting most Mm -hmm. notably Addison Rae (laughs) with Mm -hmm. uh, Hazel that which was not a great (laughs) film but I guess her comments you know are are stemming from things like Mm -hmm. that do you guys agree with Jen yeah Jen like I know her like my bestie (laughs) Jen next door (laughs) um what do you think Liv yeah I totally agree. Like, it's, oh yeah, yeah. I just think, like, even going back to Vine. Do you remember Vine? Oh, I do. Yeah. Vine was also up there with YouTube for me as well at school. So it would be like it was like TikTok. So Vine were the fifteen second yeah. little clips, yeah, and you'd flick through it like TikTok. Sure. And yeah. there were Vine influencers like Cameron Dallas is one of the most notable ones for me when I was growing up, and he then went on to like YouTube movies. He's now slightly irrelevant. Oh. So because he he didn't follow um onto like uh Instagram and um TikTok in time. So he oh missed the missed the bus. Yeah. Oh, I think yeah, okay. Yeah. Some influences that you know were once quite popular on Instagram, I think they've peaked mm-hmm. yeah. and if they haven't evolved mm-hmm. and done exactly. something Adapted to it, yeah, yeah. they're irrelevant. They're Another irrelevant. example is Sean Mendes. So he started off on Vine. No way. Did I did he? not know that. Fun fact. I so he started he off, was a singer. No, so oh, he crazy. started off on Vine years ago when I was at school and I'd watch him. He was young. Like I think he was maybe like 15, 16, just playing, singing videos. Um, and then he got picked up, I believe, by Scooter Braun. <gasps> like Justin Bieber. Oh. Exactly right. But he, Scooter back then, created a group of other Vine stars. And they had a traveling tour where people could buy tickets and meet the Vine stars. Sean would play his guitar and sing. Other boys would like muck around and they'd do a whole meet and greet. Um, and it was also with the Dolan twins. Wow. Okay, so this is way back. Social media now. Yeah. Yeah, So, but I was obsessed Hmm. with them. But that's how that all started. And obviously, Sean is a celebrity today. Right. So, yeah, traditional. I guess that's why you do believe that they are diluting. 100%. Yeah. Okay. And so he went on to have the huge career and he's, yeah, he's killing it. What about you, Nick? I'm actually on the fence about this and I don't, I should preface this by saying I don't know as much about influences as you guys and it's certainly not like as much of an area of interest for me either. Mm -hmm. Um, But I feel like for as long as 
there have been like personalities they've been inserted into films regardless of having talent or not. See Paris Hilton. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even someone like, oh, this is maybe a bad example, but like Mandy Moore was not an actor from back from Aria, same with yeah. Britney Spears. Not actors, but ended up making movies. Mm-hmm. Were they good? Mm. You know, you mean Crossroads should should have had an Oscar? <laughs> yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I don't know what we're talking about. Crossroads, Br- Br- Britney's movie. She was in a movie. Yeah, yeah. Oh, Crossroads. Live. I feel like you're going to love it. Just saying, you would live for it. Yeah. <laughs> okay. uh, so I I feel like as as long as there's name recognition, yeah. studios are going to pick famous people to be in movies yeah. regardless of their talent or not. Yeah. I'm sure Jennifer Aniston's worked with people yeah. who have no talent but Absolutely. a big name. And, you know, as a result, I've got top billing in a movie. So well, can we say The Rock Johnson? Mm-hmm. He started off as a WWE wrestler. How dare you? He's extremely talented and I will not hear otherwise. <laughs> Controversial. <laughs> he's he plays, funny. He plays the same character in every movie. That could be true, but he plays <laughs> I do well. agree with that. It is the same character, just skinned differently. Yeah. <laughs> but WWE wrestlers were almost like an influencer. That used to be huge. Yeah. Well, Still it, are, I think. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. yeah. And it's the same type of thing. Someone with no talent but a recognisable name. <laughs> you said it. Who, no talent. <laughs> you know, well, no acting, ta- little yeah, to yeah, no yeah. acting talent. Yeah. Who's got a big name and ends up in the movies. So, yeah. I mean, Jennifer Aniston honing in on influences specifically for doing this, I just think is like, mm. you know, kind of, uh, yeah, avoiding the fact that this has always been the reality. Mm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So um, I guess I think that they're diluting their careers as well, Mm. Um, specifically talking about those that have made careers out of the social media platforms, so not so much like the WWE wrestlers or the Paris Hiltons of the world. I sort of mean like the the grassroots, someone hit the big time on TikTok because they're a great makeup artist or whatever it is. Mm. So I think those ones are. I also think that she's got a great point when it comes to diluting the careers. We only need to look at the Met Gala Mm -hmm. and how many TikTok stars are now walking Mm. what is traditionally supposed to be the creme de la creme of celebrity. So in I put on like my PR hat and I think, well, the Met Gala, it it's smelling stale. Mm-hmm. It's smelling old. It doesn't have the pizzazz and the shine that it once did. Mm-hmm. So they have to try and attract yeah. younger audience and try to get it back to the to where it was. And yeah. with that, they've they've got the TikTok star. So I can yeah. understand it from a strategy, like a yeah. strategic perspective. But then also it is alienating the old school fans because they're expecting true A-lists like J-Lo and Gaga mm. and there were so many people missing from this year's Met mm, Gala. Yeah. So, it's you know, watch this space for 2023's Met Gala to see what will happen. But, you know, I guess they are somewhat diluting. There is a cringe interview, guys, and I mean cringe, of Addison Ray being interviewed by Vogue magazine <gasps> on the red carpet. I don't think it was the Met. But I could be wrong. It was either the Met or it's the Oscars. Like it's something, it's a massive event. And it is the most cringeworthy thing I've ever seen. We will put a link in show notes. Okay. And I see this. Oh my God, it's cringe. As in, she just has no chat? No chat. And the interviewers just, they've got nothing to say to her either. They're like, well, first time at the Oscars? She's like, yeah. 
And they're like, okay, yeah, she, <laughs> like, she, what are you going to talk about? She does that. She's not a very good speaker. Really bad chat. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, that's that's that. So, um, you know, a good segue is into the next point that we, we're going to discuss now, which is that influencers, you know, a lot of them have managed to go on and carve out really great careers. Mm. Um, the makeup industry in particular oh, yeah. is just huge that the James Charles's of yep. the world, the Jeffrey Stars of the world. Yep. My personal favorite Michaela. Yep. I don't want to butcher her last name, but Nigarera, I yeah, think it is. Incredible. Yep. Incredible. And she's getting so many like brand deals and brand collaborations now just because she's such like a she has such a good platform. Have you seen her on TikTok? No, never. You would love you would love it. Yeah. She's got a real Boston accent. Yeah, love yeah. that. Yeah. No, I don't know if that was a Boston accent. <laughs> <laughs> no, she's awesome and she's such a good role model. As she's well. sensational. Yeah. And it's, you know, I guess it's those it's it's people like Michaela that I think deserve mm. the success that that they're getting and and in return the mm. money yeah, that sure. they're getting. Well, for example, she was with Selena Gomez the other day. She was. She was like interviewing and hanging oh. out with Selena Gomez. So if that is anything to add to this like celebrity status, it wasn't like she was invited to the event. They were actually like she was invited as like a guest to like hmm. interview with Selena. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, this is just we're only scratching the surface when it comes to the makeup industry because yeah. it is one of the biggest um, – I guess sections of society that have done that has done and will continue to do particularly well mm-hmm. on social media platforms but the pop culture commentators mm-hmm. that are now sitting down with one-on-one interviews with Kim Kardashian and Khloe yeah. Kardashian they are they're almost taking over traditional media outlets mm-hmm. which I love because these yeah. people more often than not they're really into it and yeah. they're passionate yeah. and yeah. and they care yeah. a lot mm-hmm. about these celebrities, so it's a great chat. The um, Amanda Hirsch from Not Skinny but Not Fat. Mm-hmm. Um, there's, I mean, there's a ton. Even the, even down to like the podcasters that Call are now doing daddy. really well. Mm. Call her daddy. Mm-hmm. Like they are becoming and really carving out. You know. Mm such a good space yeah. and they're not even trained professionals but no, they're no. really good but yeah. they because they're into it yeah. they're better than some of the trained professionals because trained professionals can talk but they can't always ask the questions that the fans really want to get to the bottom of yeah i remember um years ago seeing i used to watch this um like youtube channel that was about like for you know movie buffs basically i don't think it exists anymore but they sat down um with the cast of oh i can't remember the movie but it was like christopher walken and these huge actors and asked them to read lines from here comes honey boo boo and it was like the funniest yeah it was so good (laughs) love that (laughs) yeah so that kind of like niche you know stuff that a normal journalist would never do yeah you know really gets people going yeah. Yeah. excited like these vogue interviews like yeah. the ones that they walk through the house and do like the 70 questions or whatever yeah, yeah they're really that. good yeah. yeah now i have a question for you both what today do we determine the success or the celebrity status of someone based on their following or their talent hmm i think it would have to be for me personally a combination of both yeah I respect that some people have a ton of followers and this is no shade to anyone, but Mm -hmm. sometimes you've got like guys and girls that just look good, Mm -hmm. that post nonstop, you know, near naked photos of themselves. And that's the reason why they've got millions and millions of followers. Mm -hmm. Whereas then, you know, I 
can understand that that's a level of success. And if that's how you measure success, then you're doing well. But if you aren't leveraging that and you're trying to turn it into something that's got a lifetime in it, Mm. then why are you doing it? Mm. So, you know, I think a lot of them have missed the boat. And that's sort of what I was alluding to before about Mm. some of them have peaked. And if they haven't been savvy enough with finding something that could be turned into a legitimate business, Mm -hmm. then, you know, good luck. Because if you aren't evolving or if you're not giving value to your audience, Mm. they will soon switch off. And that's where the talent side comes into it. Yeah. And I think um, the Logan... The Paul brothers. Yeah. They have done so incredibly well in terms of following incredibly. the trends. Mm. They were once cancelled so badly. Yes. Do you remember the YouTube video? Yes, I do. Yeah. And I watched that at school. So I right. went, what was the YouTube video? It was, or was in, this the it was in 20, yes. Yeah. yeah okay. So for anyone that's not familiar with it, it was only in 2019, I think. Oh, no, Maybe? no, no. Was I it was before? definitely at school. Yeah, it sorry, yeah, it must then. have been wet. So before 2017 <laughs> You know what, beforehand. the last two years, times of vortex, I don't work. know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it was um, he went to Japan and there's a, a, a forest in Japan which is called the suicide forest yeah. where a lot of people unfortunately and tragically go to end their life. And was it Logan that went there? I think so, yeah. yeah. And yeah. Logan went there and he – created a video standing in front of yep. um and trigger warning here standing in front of a man who had hung himself yeah from Fully, a tree but no no sensors i watched it when it first came out before he like re-uploaded it with sensors over the top <sighs> and being like a 16 17 year old watching these youtubers that you look up to on platforms is te- like it was shocking. Yeah. Shocking. Did, did you have an immediate negative response or were you enough of a fan that it took you a while to be like, that's wrong? Um, That's a good question. I think in the moment it was definitely like, that's wrong. But because of the uh, how horrific the video was, he it just couldn't help rise to like mm. the most trending video. Everyone was watching it and it, yeah. It, it was definitely wrong, but I think when these people have such a large following and a large influence, you're like, oh, like, they know what they're doing. Mm. And at that you age as well, so. I would have been like, oh, well, I guess not that he what he did was right, but I don't really reflect on whether it was right or wrong. Sure. I just... He just, that's just what he did. Yeah. yeah. Which is and, really bad. Yeah, and there's, really bad. you know, a, a sense of credibility when you've got millions of views mm-hmm. and you're famous and you're, you know on this platform Mm -hmm. as a massive star Mm. that you, yeah, of course you're going to, as a young fan, be like, oh, well, I I guess this is fine. Yeah. So he got completely cancelled. Completely cancelled. I think he's banned from Japan. Oh, would not surprise me. So he got completely cancelled to the point where, like, I think he took a break. I think there was an apology video. But everyone was just watching. Yeah. And it was huge, though. But to have such a – such bad press and to come out to where he is now, Mm. like, you would hardly even remember that he did that years ago. It's so true. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I think he was – he. it was at a time when – Luckily, I don't even think cancel culture was a huge thing. No, it was not. Whereas if he did that today, oh my god, I don't think you do come back no, from that. No, definitely not. So he he was, you know, quotations lucky in yeah. that regard yeah. that it wasn't, you know, yeah. the heat from the cancel yeah. culture. And then he went big. on to have like PR stunts. I call them PR stunts because you look back now and you're like, oh, 
really like that's pretty pathetic where he'd make rap songs dissing his brother and they'd both diss each other <laughs> on youtube and then it was this huge thing and like everyone was like oh rival like they hate each other and then they influencers would start living in all these like houses together mm. and start making content i'm pretty mm. sure they still I'm do that today. so intrigued by content houses hype house I cannot on imagine. netflix is it Yes, yeah. house? Yeah. <laughs> I always look at yeah. Connor. I'm like, have I got that right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, it's just crazy. And then he started a fight with KSI, which was another big mm. YouTuber. It was him, right, Logan? Yeah. And then that blew up, and now they're huge. They are. They're they're bona fide media personalities, mm-hmm. but they're you know on the plus side for them for all of their discretions as well. They've been very smart yeah. mm-hmm. in how to evolve and stay on top of what it is they're doing. And now that they're a little bit older and more mature, they're reflecting on a lot of the mistakes that they made publicly Mm -hmm. to get to the point to where they are are today. And then they're sitting down during their podcasts Mm -hmm. and talking about it and having really great people on and and getting them to talk about similar things. So, you know, I think the way that they've continued to um, push forward Mm -hmm. and really – like prove that they're here mm. to stay um, is really interesting to watch. Yeah. Um, I, I, they, correct me if I'm wrong, did they get famous for pol- collecting Pokemon cards? At one stage, yeah. Yeah. Well, they do. Yeah. Yeah. Today, he has wow. like, I mean, it's wild. He has like a like million. Dream big kids. Million you can do anything. <laughs> Pokemon card. Like that he yeah, wears, right. like, and it's all bedazzled. Like, I only saw it recently. Yeah. yeah. It's wow. wild. It's wild. But he yeah. would have more followers than. A celebrity. Then an A-list celebrity. Yeah. 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 And so would Charlie D'Amelio. Now, she has just been overtaken by another TikTok star. She was the most followed TikTok curve. And what is she famous for? What does she do on there? (laughs) Please don't say those dancing things. Oh, no. She is famous (laughs) for dancing. Okay. So is this a generational thing? Because I I get embarrassed by that. Yeah. Do, do you live or is that what you... Look, when TikTok first started, that's what it was for. And it was in the peak of COVID when no one had anything else to do. Yes, literally. <laughs> and Go on to our YouTube channel to see those I mean, super she, hot moves she from is, She is a dancer. Look, she has 143.2 million followers on TikTok. Whoa. And eleven over 11 billion likes. Whoa. Like... For dancing. For dancing. And well, <laughs> as a former professional just dancer, kidding. I do need to say, I'm just, is it dancing? Well, she, she well, is. She, is it? <laughs> that's what I'd like to know. She is a like ex-professional dancer and I think she's is she? trying to weave her way her back in there. But she's got all these collaborations. I think she's got her own skincare or makeup line and now she has her own perfume. And All right. And, so p- pulling it back. Yeah. Pulling it back. She, what can she then do? What is she doing? To make herself a bona fide celebrity. Well, they had a reality show. Yes. Which actually I watched a little bit of it and it made me really sad. Really sad. Because it was all about her mental health, like basically deteriorating under the pressure of being a star, getting hate. And like obviously before I was just like, oh, well, she's not a real dancer, which is an awful thing to say Mm -hmm. because – you know, she's she was just a kid putting up videos online, doing yeah. what everybody else was doing. But for whatever reason, she took off, you mm-hmm. know. Mm-hmm. Um, and also it was like I felt really uncomfortable watching it because it was just like all these managers and all these like adults around her being like, all right, this is what your schedule looks like for yeah. the next 12 months. Yeah. And you no, can just you t- 
No, sorry. No, no, no. I interrupted you. Keep going. <laughs> no, you don't have time for a holiday. Um, you know, she wanted to get back to like doing competitive, going to like dance competitions mm-hmm. like a regular teenager. Mm-hmm. But then she was getting so much hate that like she didn't end up wanting to do that. Yeah. Oh, that's sad. It was really tragic. Yeah. And it was just like all these adults planning, being like, okay, how can we capitalize on your fame right now? Like basically just what you said. How can we <laughs> make you into... But, <laughs> I sound like an asshole. No. no, no. But like that is the way that you think as a yeah. PR. You're like, well, how can we you know, capitalize on this and, mm. you know, shoot you into mainstream stardom. Mm. But this is a 16-year-old kid, is, you know. Is she only 16? I don't know how old she is now, but she started when she was very young. Oh, my God. That's very a lot young. of pressure for a, a very young, vulnerable girl. Mm. Very young. And you can just see it written all over her, the stress and the anxiety. She's, like, chewing her nails. And oh, my she's God. Just like, it's just not worth it. She's 18 years old. Oh, right. So she's, she's just young. an adult now um and you know the the parents are like everybody around her is salaried you know so her entire career and her relevance um is you know based upon like all everyone else's livelihoods are Mm. you know based around her ability to stay relevant a lot of pressure for a young girl to carry that weight on her shoulders she a was. lot of child, it's you know reminiscent of child stars, really, yeah. isn't it? So you know, there's so much crossover between mm. traditional celebrity and new age celebrity being influences. Yeah, so much crossover that oh, except that you know, there's no child labor laws no. in the realms of social media like there mm. are in traditional film and TV. Yeah, it's just crazy. Charlie started her first TikTok video March 30th, 2019, and the video was her lip syncing along with a friend. Wow. And she um, she was 15. Wow. So young. So uh, let's get into one of our favourite industries that Ooh. we always we, – we air some very unsensitive opinions in the office about this, but the mummy influences. <sighs> have a breath, guys, because we're have, going in. I have some, I have some We've words. got some thoughts. Look. Concerns, queries. <laughs> I do yeah. want to start off in, by saying – I almost think mummy influencers have the most amount of influence in their target market. Being a mum? Yeah. I can completely yeah. say yes to that. So hats off to them. But let me tell you when it was most influential because there was an expiry date for me where I started to be like, no, nah, I'm parenting the way I want to parent, not yeah. because of this person. It was beneficial and helpful when Poppy was a newborn to go and follow certain mummy influences Mm -hmm. when my daughter was, you know, zero to say six months old. And that was great. It was actually valuable Mm -hmm. to be able to go and, you know, listen to some mummy influences about, you know, the bottles that, that, they found that their baby would be less colicky on, um, mm-hmm. the best sort of sleep sacks mm-hmm. for the baby to get more sleep, you know, really helpful tips that if you didn't have a mummy group or a friend group, mm. you know, you could look to some of these women and yeah. it really was beneficial for that. Mm-hmm. And I and I still think it is to this day yeah. mm-hmm. really beneficial um, for some women to, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for those creators. Yeah. But what you're describing doesn't involve children. It does not involve children. <laughs> it doesn't involve children working. Exactly. It does not involve the kids. It was a mum's opinion, a mum's tried and tested, 
you know, reviews for certain things. And I'm not necessarily talking, guys, about this is the best pram for running or, you know, this is the best baby seat. I'm talking about, you know, what it's like to be really sleep deprived, Mm. what you can do to try and, you know, um, get your child to sleep longer, Mm. you know, those that maybe went had, you know, controlled crying or, you know, Mm. I'm talking about real parenting moments where Mm. you feel very isolated and very alone. I'm definitely not talking about, uh, you know, kids and what they're wearing or anything like that. Mm -hmm. Mm. And was the content that influenced you the most, was it paid or organic? Do you You know know what? I could not tell you because I was so sleep deprived when I was really in that zone. I imagine. Yeah, you are. Mm. I imagine, I imagine it was a, cross section mm. of both yeah. yeah yeah and that's all right you yeah. know and I think like we talk about the social media echo chamber and like the algorithm you know serving you certain videos being a bad thing but I actually think with that type of stuff parenting tips it's probably actually really good because it validates your choices yeah I which agree I feel like any choice that you're making when you're a mum, if you're trying to do your best is the right choice I, absolutely I agree to a certain extent where you still need to keep in mind that you're not them you have different mm-hmm circumstances mm-hmm. um different expectations like your whole your whole situation's different different support systems exactly different everything different income mm. like whatever it is like you just need to obviously keep that perspective but um it's kind of yeah. like influences doing what i eat in a day mm. and it's like that is so unhealthy mm-hmm. oh don't even get me started on that but so unhealthy because everyone is so different mm-hmm. everyone has different like health um bmis whatever calories Mm. that they whatever it is and for someone to go on and say this is what i eat in a day to influence other people to Mm. eat like them Mm. with a certain amount of calories is so wrong but anyways Mm. back to the mummy influences (laughs) (laughs) it's um it's very it's incredibly interesting and i think um recently a good example of a very influential mummy influencer is Tammy Hembrow. So she just had her third child with Matt Poole um, and she was very open about her whole birthing experience. And in my opinion, her YouTube video that she posted, which was very, how would you call it, like raw? (laughs) Raw. (laughs) It was very confronting. And I think Nick shares this opinion with me where it was a bit, um, it made us uncomfortable because it's like that's a private moment. Like, mm. it, but I mean, you do you boo. But how how did you feel as a as a mum watching that? It I got emotional watching it, which yeah. is a really weird thing for me to do because I'm notoriously like not a crier. <laughs> um, <laughs> she teared up. I've got a cold heart that sometimes gets warm. But I watched it and I was like, it just took me back because my experience was so similar to Tammy's in every, Mm. even down to her having to stop, you know, halfway walking into the hospital because her labour contractions were so intense she couldn't walk. I was like, God, that happened to me. And I just, I feel like I sounded like her as well. And it actually made me emotional watching Mm. it. So you appreciated it. Yeah, but it was a hard watch for me as well because they're such, you know, raw moments and everyone has such a different labour experience. I mean, to to document it, I feel like it will be very special for that family moving forward, you know, as a family to have that. But I guess there's now about 20 million people that also have access to it, right? 758,000 people. 
That's a lot. Yeah. Well, that's who's watched it. <laughs> and it's been up for five days. Yeah. That's a lot. She has over yeah. 15 million, million followers on Instagram as well. And it's interesting to see that she's just like now starting to promote certain paid um, like kids products, mm. like breast pumps mm. and stuff. Like she's mm. doing a lot of collaborations with that at the moment. So Nick raised a good point <laughs> off air about this and it was the point of consent. Mm. Yeah, so I want to talk about that. Um, I have a lot of thoughts, um, but I do want to first of all say that I am a childless person. Mm-hmm. So I am also aware, like, I don't like to judge. Well, I'm about to fucking go forth and judge people. <laughs> so <laughs> <and> judge. <laughs> but I, I'm just aware that, like, the judgment that comes from a childless person towards a parent is... You know, it's a, it's an energy, right? It's <laughs> it, an energy, it is an energy, and it's not necessarily a positive energy. So <laughs> I like I I mean I might have a complete paradigm shift when I'm a parent, but my concern is that when you uh, do a birthing video um, and you are literally filming your child for content from the moment they emerge from inside you, they can't consent to that. They can't consent to, you know, their body and, you know, their life being filmed and broadcast to 758,000. 1.3 million subscribers on YouTube. Like how do you, how do you then renege consent, you know, when you're 12 or 13 for your entire life being used for content and mm, it is you know, a very good point. The implications that that might have on your social life, on your safety because mm. if you're a you know, a little girl who's being broadcast on YouTube, you've got to believe that a percentage of the people watching you mm-hmm. are not watching that for, you and- know, pure uh, parenting yeah. reasons yeah. they're watching it for something a lot more insidious mm. I just don't know how you as a parent like how you reconcile that like I, I understand that you're making money that you use to provide for your child Income. yeah you can give them a world-class education you can give them amazing trips overseas you can give them any toys and clothes and books that they want and need and I respect that wanting to provide for your child is you know something that every parent wants and it's a wonderful thing mm. um but like I said before, in Hollywood, there are laws that say that a child can only work eight hours a day, um, that a portion of the finances they that they make have to be put aside for them so that their parents can't take that money and leave them penniless when they turn 18. There are no laws protecting children who are working all day, every day in the home mm. because the work that they're doing is just their lives being filmed. Mm. I mean, you can't separate that. Mm. And and that's what gives me pause and makes me feel concerned. Not to mention, like I said before, that there are bad actors on social media. Like if you look at, you know, a little child's, like a little girl's, 12-year-old girl's Instagram, it's not just other little 12-year-old girls looking at that Instagram. It's grown men. Mm. Yeah. And you have to wonder why. Mm, and yeah. I think we all know why. Mm. So how as a parent do you, mm. yeah, how do you just turn a blind to, eye to yeah, that? How do you come to terms with that? Yeah. And, and I think it is sadly a case of 
ignorance is bliss and it's not happening to me and it's not happening to my kids or my family. But unfortunately, um, you know, statistics show that it that it is and it's a prime hunting ground and which has been proven time and time again. It it's scary and it's it's concerning to me and you know, I find it really sad because I know that a lot of mums you know, their hearts are in the right place and they mm. want to protect their kids mm. and and they just probably don't know the extent of how dark mm. it is out there. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> on the internet. Yeah. And it I guess as babies it's a little different say to those that are broadcasting their kids that are say four five six years old and then into primary school age because then the kids you know they do know what's going on they've got a phone in their face all the time Mm -hmm. and you know time will tell on the generation that's been raised with a phone in their face. Yeah. Or there's going to be some oh, good yeah. exposés from the children of these mummy influencers yeah. when they turn 18. Yeah. Or it's going to be spicy. And mm. I'm, we're certainly not painting everyone with um, the same brush here. There are some fantastic mummy influencers out there and huge respect to those that take precautions with mm. their kids. A lot of them blank out their faces mm. these yeah. days. Mm. A lot of them change their kids' names or have pseudonyms mm. for their names. Yeah. Or don't um, make them a profile. Or Yeah, the Lo- Lauren Dubois is one who she's never revealed her children's names. She never shows their faces, I believe. Um, you know, mm. and I think that that I re- really respect that. Mm. Yeah, and, same. You know, but yet she's still carving out a space online mm. in that mm. industry or in that, you know, yeah. realm of mm. parenting and, and mummying but then there are those that I get really worried about it's yeah. like you've raised you've raised your kids in front of the camera until they're six years old say and then all of a sudden you realize okay you know my child's going to school I don't want people to know where where my child goes but because you've given so much of your life mm-hmm. being authentic mm-hmm. for so long mm. then you've got this fan base that are like well you've shared all all of this up until now and now you're you're hiding everything and then they cop heat from that and it's yeah. it's this mm. real like it's a storm that brews and mm-hmm. it's a tough one to navigate I don't envy any mummy blogger I yeah. really don't it's almost I like think a, it's really hard it's almost like a childhood start a, ch- a child Child, child star. star. Child star. I was going to say yeah. child Hollywood star that grew up with Disney. Yeah. Or, yeah. Except with, with fewer protections yeah. in yeah. place. And that's saying something because we all know that <laughs> they, they can get around a lot of stuff in Hollywood. But, yeah. I mean, this is the Wild West we're talking about. I mean, let's relate it back to what we do for a living, right? So some of our clients will, you know, they'll have objectives and, and strategies mm. that they – you know, want to meet and they'll say to us, we need, you know, families are our key market. We need a bunch of mummy bloggers, mm-hmm. mummy influencers. Yeah. That's what we need yeah. because we know that they're talking to the, to our target audience mm-hmm. and that's, that's fine. Um, but I guess like influencers should know that you guys are being treated as a marketing tool. Mm-hmm. It, it is. That's what it is. Mm. And that's that whole industry. You are a cog in a much larger mm. marketing wheel. Yeah. And and I think for me, 
it's if you can take your child out of that mix and still make great content and still have great engagement, yeah. which a lot of, you know, the mummy influencers that we work with do, yeah. Yeah. then that's, you know, not an issue. It's just those influencers that their sole income mm. is based around you know, using their children Mm. for content. Like I have an example, like the LeBrant family over in America, like Everly is one of their eldest daughters. I think she might be like six or seven. She has 5 million followers on Instagram. She's a dancer, but she does her own collaborations. Her mum manages her Instagram, but they're all over YouTube as well. But it's just like, like she's so young and they've just had another baby as well. I think they have four kids now. And as soon as it popped out, this is the birthing mm-hmm. at the hospital. The yep. baby is tagged and it has 1.5 million followers. Wow. So and fresh new baby, fresh baby has an Instagram account with 1.5 million followers. Oh, Cannot gosh. consent. Doesn't sit right with yeah. me. Look, we could no. talk about this all yeah. day, honestly, mm. but I think we should probably yeah, wrap it up. I mean, we could do a part two, but honestly, it's, um, it's a big topic. It is a big topic. All so- right. In saying that then, our final question, mm. can influencers ever achieve true A-list notoriety? Mm-hmm. Is that a mm-hmm, yeah, maybe? Or is yeah. that a yeah? It's a yeah. Maybe in like another, you know, generation or so, you know, yeah. I feel like it's going that way. I mean, if you ask kids what they want to be now. They're not saying they want to be a pop star Mm -hmm. or an actor. They're saying they want to be a YouTuber, right? Mm. So, yeah, maybe, you know, in maybe the next generation that grows up who has grown up really only with this style of media and entertainment. Yeah. Then maybe then. Yeah, Yeah. definitely. I think I'm like half, half. I'm more towards saying yes, only because like like you said before, Met Gala is A-list celebrities, Mm. guest list, Mm. and what percentage of influencers were on that? Mm. Emma Chamberlain was literally running the Vogue interviews. I love her. Exactly. It's so funny (laughs) to me. She's so good. It's so funny to me the 180 that Vogue has done because remember a time when Anna Wintour would not even entertain the idea of the Kardashians. Yeah. And now it's basically like an event specifically all about. She needs them. She needs these influencers to stay relevant. Mm. Kudos to her though for being able to have that mindset shift because someone her age with her experience yes. it would be very hard and it would would have been a very bitter pill to swallow yeah. like oh, i just have to do this i've yeah. got to put the kardashians on the cover of vogue i've got to invite these tiktok stars yeah because but she's the definition of someone that's evolved well in traditional yes. media yeah. Yeah. and has been able to keep vogue very relevant because of that yeah Definitely. Yeah, so true. Anna Wintour, FYI, is the editor in chief of Vogue. Yeah. Um, mm. And a bad has had bitch. the same hairstyle for 100 yeah. years. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> love her. Love, love her. her too. Honestly, I'm here for anyone going to the Met Gala that wears a good outfit. Just people wear good outfits to yeah. the Met Gala. Stick to the theme. <laughs> yeah, stick to the damn theme. <laughs> oh, all right. Well, shall we get into our required readings for this week? Oh, yes. Let's. Yes. Required reading. Okay, Kat, what's yours? Oh, I was going to say, you guys go first. Uh, Okay, do you want Nick to go? Yeah, Nick. Okay, Nick. Okay, so (laughs) mine's a fun one today. Um, My all-time favourite podcast is called The Last Podcast on the Left. Uh, Mm. It's hosted by three, I guess, comedians is the easiest way of saying it, and they do like a deep dive every week into – a true crime story, uh, a paranormal story, or like a UFO 
story. It's like a, I love a that. really I really need to listen to this. Yeah, and they just did. Uh, I just finished up listening to one of their recent uh, series because sometimes it's more than one episode about one topic um, about Blackbeard, the pirate. Oh, I love that, um, and it's timely because um, Taika Waititi. <laughs> we'll talk about it. Okay. Taika Waititi's uh, TV show, Our Flag Means Death. Uh, is really trending at the moment. It's also about Blackbeard, the pirate. Um, And so it's just like a, it's an interesting historical deep dive into a topic that I didn't realize I cared about. Um, And it's just fun and funny. And uh, I learned a lot more about piracy than I ever thought I would need to know. Oh, that's good. Knowledge is power. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I need to ask who Blackbeard is, but anyway, moving on. talk about it. (laughs) Okay, Kat, what's yours? Oh, look, guys, I had a bit of a rough week last week and I'm going to be honest. I didn't do any reading of any kind, That's truly. Okay. The only thing I read were my emails. Um, <laughs> and I can guarantee you none of that is required reading for anyone. So I'm going to delightfully pass the talking stick back to you, Liz. Oh, okay. <laughs> all right. Well, as we all know, it's tax time, baby. Yeah, so I do have a recommendation for Gen Zers like me. I mean, millennials could like I it as well. like she's on the money as well. You do? Yeah, yes. I do too. Yeah, so my, yeah, required reading, or you can listen as well, is, yeah, she's on the money so I've got the book um, and the podcast as well is just awesome so I think yeah Spotify and Apple um, but they do like plenty of episodes and they just like really break down like especially for end of financial year tax time what you claim what you can claim what you can't how to do it um, and just like their recommendations and advice for it whether you're doing it yourself or whether you go and see someone for it love that financial literacy yeah. very important well, it just makes it really digestible and entertaining mm-hmm. because otherwise I find it so boring and I have no yeah. idea what I'm doing and I get really overwhelmed but when you can t- like listen to girls just like chatting about money Mm. it's kind of sexy and it's like fun like Mm. it's not a stressful thing like tax time or um saving and Mm. she gives heaps of advice on like house mortgages yeah savings investment like Mm. so many different Mm. topics and you also hear a lot of money stories from other people Mm. um about how much savings they have or the position that they're in or like um stuff that they've been through um and it's really interesting to just kind of hear other people because i think you get so like tunnel vision of i need to save this amount or whatever your goal are that you're really hard on yourself. I don't know. I there's, am. Um, yeah. There's another great book actually in that space, which I believe probably came like just before she's on the money, before she became, you know, the brand that she is today. Yeah. But there's a another Australian financial planner. Her name is Canna Campbell. Okay. And she has she wrote a book called The $1,000 Project. Oh, cool. And it was the first finance book aside from the barefoot investor yeah yeah the old classic the old classic um that i read that i really got a lot out of and it was all actually about savings Um, most of it was about savings and then it it did go into shares Mm. and the importance of diversifying your investment portfolio and things like that but i guess one tip that i could that i could share on here that she shares in her book she so she saved $32,000 in 12 months by using this unique strategy called bundling. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't from her income. It was $32,000 that she saved that wasn't from her wage. So what she did. Did she round up? <laughs> no. <laughs> no. So the whole like premise of saving, you save in $1,000 bundles, but you do this by doing other things other than your work. So selling things around the house that you no longer need, whether it be clothes or mm-hmm. furniture items 
whatever. Um, maybe you're going over to your family, to your grandparents and you're mowing their lawn and they give you 50 bucks. So yeah. anytime you get money like that, she was putting it away into directly savings. Directly into savings. Directly into savings. Wow. And her whole premise is and then when you get the $1,000, that's when you deposit it. Jeez. into your bank 12 and months though she got she, 32 32 so it's amazing what you can do with your creativity she's mm. hustler so with her wage she then was like oh well i'm i've got all of this knowledge like she was a financial planner mm. and then she was able to put it into action and she's shown people you know if you want something bad enough yeah mm. you can achieve it yeah and it was it's a really great read i highly wow. recommend it okay mm. the one thousand dollar project there's yeah. your required there you go. Reading. there's my required reading yeah, amazing that. Well, that was great yeah cool. sugar mama tv is who she is on youtube sugar, oh. mama, sugar mama tv, mama TV. Yeah. <laughs> Not Love sure that. about the name. Can so I give cool. us a call? We'll rebrand you. <laughs> yeah. How good. All right. Well, also, I think next week's our last episode for the season. We are. We're up to the last mm, episode. And we are taking a, a small break Hiatus. after next week's um, mm. episode. Yeah. Yeah. But we'll see you all then. We will. Bye. Bye. <laughs> you feel alive. Let's hit the dance floor. Don't work too hard. My break a backbone. Return of the Mac. The king is back, though. Corvette and cash. I never like those. Thanks for listening, guys. If you love this episode, please give us a five-star rating and make sure you follow us on socials to stay up to date with all the weird and wacky things we get up to. You can find us on Instagram at No Brilliant Jerks Podcast or Sunnydale Studios, or you can even find us on our agency Insta at KKO Agency. And if you'd like to put a face to a name, you can watch all of our podcast recordings on our YouTube at Sunnydale Studios. Now, we'll pop up all our social handles and links discussed in today's episodes in our show notes below. Feel free to also email us with your own dopes and nopes and we'll share them on the podcast. Anyways, guys, thanks for listening. We shall be in your ear holes again next Wednesday. Okay, bye. This podcast is produced by Sunnydale Studios.